Welcome to It Just Makes Sense, a podcast by two easily distracted, higher educated former lovers that explores all of the unpopular opinions, conspiracy theories, and cult leaders that make you want to scream, It, it Just, just makes, makes Sense. I'm Sam Smith. I'm Joe Seaver. And on this episode, we'll be discussing the murder of April Loveless. Who? She related to Patty Loveless, the fantastic, famous country singer. No, but like also what a name. Like I would hate to have the Loveless. name Loveless. Hmm. Especially like, I don't know what, the, I don't, April's very young when she died. I don't know what the rest of the family looked like. But could you imagine if you had like a face only a mother could love and your name was Loveless? <laughs> you know? Any who's In 1989, a four-year-old girl is being rushed into a Texas hospital. An artery in her leg had been completely severed. Woof. The little girl died shortly after arriving. And according to medical officials, this leg wound was no accident. Really? So we're off to Emory, Texas, a small farming community with a population of less than a thousand. It's a peaceful and quiet place to live. In 1988, Debbie Loveless and her two daughters from a previous marriage, Amy and April, moved into Emory to live with Debbie's then boyfriend, John Miller. John was also previously married, but the two of them fell in love and soon married each other. John, Debbie, and the two girls were a close-knit family. They moved on to a five-acre farm in the outskirts of town. There was a house, a barn, horses, and tons of family pets. Would you ever want to live on a farm? No. I think it would depend on what type of farm. No, I would have no desire. Like I, I want like a it. dairy farm? Absolutely not. I want to be around more people, not less. Yeah, you're definitely a city slicker. Yes, you know? I, <laughs> <laughs> I think that I thrive more in a suburban type environment. Agreed. I Thank think you. so as well. I Thank think you. you enjoy being close to things. Yeah. Not so much people. Correct. But yes. being rural is too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I don't know how rural people do it. No. I'm not, if I have to drive more than 10 minutes to a grocery store or a store in general, no. no. thank you. No, thank you. Mm-mm. No, thank you. I also don't know how things get delivered to rural areas. If I order off Amazon, who's bringing it? Do, can I get next day delivery? Maybe. Like if you have Amazon Prime, do they have to guarantee next day? Oh, good point. You know what I mean? Like how do these rural people get their packages? Inquiring minds want to know. Thanks for going to the basement and finding that out for me. So, <laughs> um, the children had so much room to run and play, and everyone loved living there. On January 4th, 1989, Amy Loveless headed to school, and April headed outside to play. Both Debbie and John were doing chores around the property. Around noon, Debbie called April to come in for lunch, but April never responded. Soon after that, John came running frantically towards the house with April in his arms, who was bleeding from a severe blood wound to her leg. She didn't have any clothes on. What? Which seems weird Weird. to me. Debbie couldn't do anything but scream. April was black and blue all over, and Debbie was just devastated. Her right leg fell open, and there was a large gash in it all the way to the bone. The EMTs arrived and knew right away that it was a serious wound. She had already lost so much blood that they had to get her help ASAP before she bled out completely. The four by six inch gash on her leg had torn away a portion of her femoral artery. They showed like a photo of it on the TV and I almost gagged. Really? Like, it that was bad? like an entire chunk of her leg was just ripped off. 
It was crazy to me. Yeah. And her entire body was covered in scratches and bruises everywhere from head to toe. The hell happened? It was at, It looked like something out of a horror movie. Huh. Doctors tried everything they could to save her life, but the damage was just too much. Her family was in complete shock. John told police that he found her stepdaughter found his stepdaughter nude under a tree, bleeding profusely from a leg wound. According to John, April said that the dogs did it. But the sheriff still ordered an autopsy because the suspicion, especially with medical recommendation from the doctors, was that this was not a dog accident. It was a murder. (gasps) During the autopsy, the pathologist noticed long vertical marks and puncture wounds all over her body, which seems it was indicative of some form of abuse. And there was no indication that the leg wound would have been caused by a dog. It was missing the jagged edges that would indicate an animal bite. The wound was cleanly cut, as if it had been made by a knife. Mm-hmm. April had been murdered. As John and Debbie returned from April's funeral service, they entered into a full sc- or the police entered into a full scale police investigation. They had search warrants for the entire property. Debbie was confused, devastated. She was she was just terrified that someone could have done that to her daughter. Yeah. The police did find small amounts of April's blood on a fence post and on some leaves, but that was the only sign that it could have been a dog attack. They weren't too convinced because it was such a small amount of blood. If it was a dog attack, and as badly as it was, April would have bled out all over the ground and they would have found a struggle. Like, there just wasn't much oh, yeah, blood anywhere. You would have think like she would have tried to get right. the dog off her. There were three dogs on property, two belonging to the family, and a third belonged to a neighbor. None of the dogs had shown any hint of violence before, according to John and Debbie. The couple's home investigators found. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, in the couple's home, investigators found. Oh, my God. What do you think they found? So remember, this is the late 80s, early 90s. So like what was popular at that time? Thigh master. (laughs) Paraphernalia linking the couple to the occult. <laughs> like I can't even stand it. They, like, to, the police at this time fucking love to use anything that could tie them back to the devil. I think it was literally just like a statue of like Jesus Christ on like the mantle, and they were like, "That is a sign." Of the <laughs> like it was so bizarre. It was so bizarre. The police also repeatedly questioned Debbie and John about where the whereabouts of the knife was that would have that was used to cut. April's leg. They were grilled for hours about the knife. John's hunting knife was confiscated and sent into the crime lab for analysis. A presumptive test showed small amounts of blood on it, and with that, John and Debbie Loveless were charged with murder. <gasps> of their own daughter? Could you imagine holding your daughter down and cutting a huge gash of her leg? Like cutting no. a huge chunk of her leg off? What? Sickos. So John and Debbie were both given lie detectors set. Lie detector test. Junk science. What do you think the outcomes were? Passed. Debbie? Passed. John? Did not. Did not pass. And if he flunked the lie detector, according to detectives, he must have done it. (laughs) Debbie couldn't believe how John could have failed it. She knew he didn't do it. It made no sense to her. At the trial, John and Debbie were represented by court-appointed attorneys. One of the lawyers didn't want to use the dog attack defense. He said there was nothing there to show a dog attack. 
the prosecution would wipe the floor with them. So basically, the detectives were like, or the defense team was kind of like, we have nothing to fight with. Prosecutors portrayed John as the angry stepfather who abused and beat April, and this time it just went too far. And they portrayed Debbie as a battered wife, too terrified to go against her husband to do anything about it. Submitted into evidence is the autopsy report that April had been murdered and the items from the home that they believed caused the wounds on April. John's court-appointed attorney asked the judge for more time to interview prosecution's witnesses and also funds to hire his own forensic expert, but both requests were denied. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? They don't say why. No. Oh. A defense chemist testified that the original test on John's hunting knife was presumptive. Further testing on the knife showed it wasn't human blood and there was never any blood found on... Okay, so this is what they believed they found in the home to be the items that caused the um, scratch wounds and, like, the abuse on April's body. Okay. Thumbtacks, a curling iron, and pushpins. Yikes. That's what was found in the house. When I was watching this, I wanted to scream, those are normal items found Uh. in any home. Like, oh, yeah. what, what on them? <laughs> there was never any blood found on them. Uh, so, like, what made you think, think that that's, that's what, did what it? was used? Oh, yeah, I guess it didn't do, really Like, that. I need further <laughs> evidence to link to that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, find some with blood on them right. or something? Yeah, okay. The, pros- the possibility of a dog attack was never presented to the jury. In final arguments, one of the defense attorney admits it was murder. They said, yes, April was murdered, but I don't know who did it. It wasn't my client, but the state has yet to present who did do this murder. And it, and they, again, just like repeated that it wasn't my client. So the trial ends and moves to jury deliberation. That's you, it? That's literally the whole trial? Wow. What do you think? I mean, again, I think about like if I were on the jury, I would say not guilty. Because like what did they have to right. go off of? But then DNA wasn't a thing back then. Right. But they didn't provide any alternate ideas. No. Yeah, I but still like think the I'd knife say not didn't have his the DNA on blood it. on it, yeah, like or nothing, blood on it, right? Yeah. Both John Miller and Debbie Lovelace were convicted of murder Shut and up. sentenced to life in prison. No fucking way, really? Could you imagine? That's wild. <sighs> Debbie said when she was in her cell, she could hardly sleep, and any time she closed her eyes, she could just see April's body and what it looked like when they found her. John was not letting this go. He wrote to everyone. He wrote appeals. He wrote to the congressman. He wrote to Senate. He wanted to be heard. But Debbie had given up hope. John knew that they were innocent, and he knew that Debbie was innocent too. But as the years passed, John and Debbie were also concerned about their older daughter, Amy, who was living in foster care. Debbie kind of said, like, I guess I was just naive and stupid to think that innocent people ever got sent to prison. She just couldn't believe that this happened. John and Debbie maintained that April was playing outside. She was unclothed because it was a hot day, and they believe one of the dogs attacked April while she was out playing. Well, that's fucking weird that she didn't have any clothes on. Thank you. I also think it's weird that, like, okay, she went out to play when Amy went to school, which is, what, in the morning? Yeah. Like, around 9, and you don't check in on her again until noon? Yeah, that's weird. And she's weird. not school-aged? Like, she's three or four. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's real weird. So, like, that's weird. Yeah. Thank you. 
Around lunchtime, they noticed that the dogs were agitated. When John followed them into the woods, he found April bleeding profusely from a leg wound. John said April told him the dogs did it before she lapsed into unconsciousness. Attorney Robert Artis was assigned to their appeal case. And Robert Artis was known to not let things go until he gets to the bottom of it, no matter how long it takes. One night, while sifting through boxes from the case files, Artis found a box containing hundreds of photographs of April's wounds. Most were autopsy photos um, where it had been shown, and those were the ones that had been shown to the jury at the trial. But he also found another set of photos just after April entered the emergency room. These were photos that had not been shown to the jury, and it's not clear if the original defense lawyers had even seen them. Hmm. When he compares these photos to the autopsy photos, he makes a startling discovery. What? The pictures of April's wounds were profoundly different (gasps) than how they were presented after the autopsy. The pictures from the ER look like the dogs were involved. So Artis sent these photos off to a forensic pathologist at the Southwestern Institute for Forensic Science. After studying the photos... That forensic pathologist said this dog, this child has been attacked by a dog. Huh. He was able to show how the dog's teeth could overlay exactly on the puncture wounds on April's legs. Animal bites are often difficult to identify. Many animal bites don't look like bite wounds at all because animals tend to tear at wounds and not bite down. So they'll like shred at it. But if dogs had caused April's leg wounds, why didn't the original pathologist seen this? Well, they didn't see it because by the time the body made it to the autopsy, it had been cleaned and trimmed by a scalpel while the surgeon tried to repair the wound and save her life. Oh, uh, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why it looked clean, duh. Right. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why did this not come up before? Yeah, why didn't they bring that up? Right. That makes no sense to me. And like, because the Robert artist doesn't think those photos were ever seen by anyone else. Huh. And the new team of pathologists noted that many of the scratch marks on her back consisted of four parallel lines, lines corresponding with the four nails on a dog's paw print. As long as a person is alive, those particular bruises that have a print of a paw may not show up. But when she was on her back in the operating room, the blood puddled in those places and made it very apparent that it was a paw print. So there was now hope for a new trial. They finally have forensic evidence to corroborate their story. Artists also discovered a written deposition from a woman who claimed to have witnessed the dogs on Debbie and John's farm attack three different people on three different occasions. Say what now? But now I'm like, why are these dogs still around? Yeah. Around children. Also, why would you let your daughter out unclothed to go roam the farmland when you know no, there's those dogs, dogs that have attacked there. people before. So, like, at the same time, I kind of hold them still responsible. I mean, I wouldn't say murder for the rest of their lives, but no. maybe some parental negligence. That's what I mean. I don't yeah. mean, like, murder, but, yeah. like, definitely negligence. Endangering like, the welfare of a minor. Let, why wouldn't you A-check on her? Why wouldn't you B, just let her roam around when there's been dogs that have attacked people before? Yeah, that's wild. That's, Isn't that crazy? That's some real fucked up shit. Like, mm, The witness had pointed this out to the sheriff, but the sheriff was like, oh, they were just playing. Like, they never really attacked anyone. And the woman had never been called to testify in the original trial. 
So artists called for another trial and claimed that John and Debbie did not have adequate counsel. How crazy is this? Listen to this. The original attorneys for John and Debbie agreed with him. <gasps> they wrote testimonies where they agreed. That they weren't they were inadequate? Correct. That's pretty funny. Could you imagine? Well. But the lawyer testified on behalf of John and Debbie and reminded the court that he had requested for, for funds for forensic experts and to interview the prosecution's witnesses further, and he was denied on both accounts. Oh, well. He always felt that they were not guilty, and the prosecution's office would not comment on the fact that some of the original photos from the emergency room were held back from the defense team. That's a Brady violation. Thank you very much. Thank you. New trial. But that probably wasn't around back then. Yeah. You don't think? I don't know. I always forget that like laws change. Yeah. Or like didn't exist. Like you know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. wait, what do you mean it didn't exist? Back in eighty nine, right? Right. Yeah. I wonder find out when it came in. So in nineteen ninety three, so now it's been like what? 89, 90, 91, They they were in jail for almost five years. The judge dismissed the case against John Miller and Debbie Loveless, citing overwhelming evidence in the couple's favor. After five long years, they were finally out of jail. Wow. Um, the Brady violations began in uh, 1963. So oh, okay. So they were yes. around. So, yep. mm-hmm. right? Could you imagine having your daughter attacked and killed by dogs and then having to go to jail for it? No. Like, not even, like, framed by another person. Right. Like, you know what They're I mean? Dog. It was a... a, a Insane, I don't want to say accident, but like a crazy accident. Yeah, pretty much. The stress and the strain of the trial and jail took a toll on the couple and Debbie and John separated. They had lost five years with their, with their child and with each other and it was just too much for them. That's the story. Isn't that wild? That was wild. Thank you. I know it was a shorter one, but <laughs> I got really into it Like while I was watching it. And then I was like, well, there's not much to this story. But <laughs> I thought it was crazy. It is pretty wild. Like, could you admit? And now I'm just, I think about this all the time. How many people are in jail for something they didn't do? Yeah. I know it's a ton. But then you think of like, even cases like this, where it's like, the dog did it. The dog did it. The dingo ate your baby. The dingo ate my baby. <laughs> like, what? Do you think that they should have been held accountable for negligence? I think they should, after five years, they should have, just, like, time served. But do you think they should have had anything like that added to their thing? <sighs> I want to know what dog. I want to know if it was their dog or the neighbor's dog. Yeah. Well, they probably can't do it. I mean, they probably can't figure that out anymore. I know. Probably but like, I'm just saying, after yeah. five years, what happened to the dogs then? Who took the dogs once they were gone? Or they jail? put down? Yeah. Were they put down? Good point. Or not? Were well, they sent to another family? Probably not because- That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, they probably, probably like, I wonder who took them in. I don't know. Good question. Also, how do you think that a child- adjust from being in foster care for five years and then their parents get out well at that depending how young they were they were i think in like kindergarten yeah they probably didn't even so they were six plus 11 years old when their parents got out that's wild unless i'm sure maybe they went to visit them you think maybe depending you don't think so probably not what if they want to though i don't know good point Hmm. left with a lot of questions after this one yeah it's a little different well guys let us know what you think 
jump into the Facebook discussion group, slide into our DMs, tell me what kind of cases you want to know more about. Let me know if there's specific subjects, the occult, cults, Satan. I'll dive into all of it. MLMs, pyramid schemes. Sounds great. Let me know. You can <laughs> you can um, message me or slide into my DMs on Instagram at Sam Smith says. You can find me at one Evan Jeff. Goodbye. Okay, bye. bye.